Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have filled this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. Based on fiction. All right, ladies and gentlemen, cats and kittens, we are back with another episode. Have you seen Start right off with the Carol Baskins. Uh, by by the time that this comes out, that might be old news and like a stale joke, but it's right now. That shit's still popping. Um, but we She's still are, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, welcome to another episode, episode of a newly branded The Invisible Battle Report. And I'm Evan, the third host, and I'm joined by always on this show by Garrett. What's crack-a-lacking, bro? What's going on, man? Nada, man. Nada, nada, lada. How about yourself? Quarantined. Just sitting here. Living like that, I have done for four weeks. <laughs> living that lockdown life. I haven't moved in four weeks, but I have eaten about 12 jars of salsa. That's so <laughs> not sums up the quarantine for me. I mean, salsa is mainly vegetable. It it's all vegetables, so, like, you're good, man. Like, Yeah, you. I mean, I'm basically a vegan at this yeah. point. <laughs> vegan, bro. <laughs> you're healthy as fuck right now, bro. Doing the fucking thing. Nah, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> If you just eat salsa, you'll be fine. I mean, like you'll probably get heartburn, but otherwise, you... right? It's been it's been a wild ride. I crushed up some chips and put it at the bottom and used a spoon to eat it the other day. I'm like, man, my my life is in shambles right now. I need to be. What have I become? <laughs> um, the worst part is I loved it so much. <laughs> uh, not to get too much into this, but uh, are you working? I am. Um, just like at most two days a week right now. Gotcha, and it's shortened hours, so it's you know. Yeah. Getting through, just like everybody else right now. At least I have a job, you know, I gotta be thankful for that. That is a fact. Did you and your family get your Trump check yet? We did. Nice. We did. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Came in on Wednesday, spent it on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, I got mine, and luckily, uh, I got my Trump's check close to the same time that I'll be getting my tax refund, too, man, so I, I am uh, solid for another two months. Bro, it's flush with cash right now. Flush <laughs> with Two more months until I'm impoverished and have to live and have to be a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say, the world is nine meals away from anarchy. <laughs> so you'll be all right. That is a fact. You got two months and then nine more meals. Exactly. Uh, but speaking of anarchy, so let's get to the topic of this podcast at hand. And that is, well, as you guys don't know, on the Invincible Battle Report, we, uh, basically, we are, I'm, I'm not, well, okay, we're essentially going over and reading the, uh, what I think the Garrett would agree so far. And I, and I will say is probably, if not the best, one of the best comic book superheroes of all time, which is the comic book Invincible. Um, so far we have reviewed and discussed, 
Um, volume one of the Invincible Ultimate Collections, Volume Two, and this time we will discuss Volume Three. Now, before we get into that, I just want to put my plug in, like I've been doing on every episode lately. Um, if you like this podcast, you will like, also like, and maybe even love our YouTube channel. Uh, so if you go to YouTube and type in True Stories Based on Fiction, that is the title of this podcast network that you're listening to. You will see the, the uh, YouTube videos of various members of the network. Well, by various, I mean Randy and myself. But at some point, hopefully everyone will get on the uh, YouTube channel. And we're trying to keep that at a pretty regular pace. We have videos in the can. Um, so like, subscribe, and let make sure you turn on your notifications so you are notified when new episodes drop. And... <laughs> It was an accident. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. That is an important thing that people always forget about. Because back in the day, it did it automatically. But now you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to let them know that you want to uh, know when any any in it, in every episode is uh, dropped. So that wasn't your fault. That's a YouTube change that they made in their algorithms or whatever the fuck you call it. But anyway, the damn tubes and the interwebs. Too much shit. Then the, <clears throat> then the fake spaces and the black planets. Too much. But. Too much. <laughs> but we are here to talk about Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume 3. Now, um, so that has 10 issues of Invincible and one issue of a miniseries called The Pack, Volume 2, Number 4. And Invincible issues 25 through 35. Um, so you can remember, Garrett, uh, the back matter from the book says that after coming to a grips with the gut-wrenching events involving his father, Invincible has, cl- has slowly come into his own as a, as a world-saving superhero. Things with his girlfriend seem okay. He's got a cushy government job that's paying for his way through college. He's been beaten up a few times, but for the most part, Invincible gets the job done. Now, a series of events has been set and have been set in motion that may lead to a reunion with his estranged father. Nothing can, nothing can prevent. Ah, fuck! Nothing can pre- prepare Invincible for what comes next. I turned to fucking Flory, fucking Mayweather, and that. Uh, <laughs> Reading's real, real tough. It's real tough. Quarantine, hey, man. You gotta read. So, uh, in this volume, which comprised of 10 issues, it is essentially the important parts of this volume are the fact that more of the Beltramites come to Earth, I believe, and they fuck. No, uh, are, are they on Earth fighting? Or. Well, no, uh. No. They are not. They're on. No, forgive me. Uh, let me preface what I'm going to say with that. I don't have the book in front of me. Um, and obviously we're doing this on a Skype call, so it's due to quarantine. So I don't have the book in front of me and I'm kind of flying through these pretty quickly. So I can't remember exactly what happened without it in front of me. I'm trying to get that part but in the book so it, I can help you out. I believe what you're talking about is when they're fighting the Vultramites, they are on the planet with, like, um, they're like these weird ant creatures, like bugs. Do they go there to find Nolan? Yes. Okay, that makes well, sense. Then. He's actually tricked into it. I can't remember how, 
But there's like this mission where he's got to go to a different planet. He gets there and he finds out the leader is actually his, is Nolan. Yes. So yeah. he didn't know he was going there to find him, but that's how he found out. So then he finds his father for the first time since his father left and said, "Fuck you and your mama." Uh, that's right. And then I'm the man back. <laughs> and then uh, this this volume picks up, and, and then the, the, it seems like the bulk of this volume is about that whole thing. So he goes to the planet, by he I mean Invincible, he sees that his father is the leader of that planet, and then uh, he finds out that his father is in love with a nice mm -hmm. ant woman. They're weird, and, and they have this weird make-out scene that is fucking wild. <laughs> um, just, I remember opening it up and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> like, fucking gross. He thought the um, fish shit in volume two was crazy. Yeah, this is weirder. This is definitely weirder. It's like some spit being... <laughs> it's like a string of spit coming out. It's pretty wild. Um, I turned on a little bit. But, <laughs> um, now, you may or may not agree with me about this, but I've been thinking about this. Okay. I think the strongest parts of the book are when they're off-planet. Of the series. The series, I should say. It always comes when they're off planet. I think when he, my favorite parts are when he goes to like different planets and there's different species and, and different things like that. And I think those are the strongest parts of the book. Like the most interesting issues are when he's mm -hmm. off planet doing shit like that. Uh, you were right in saying that I will disagree. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my favorite parts are See, like. But I like that stuff. Mm hmm. Go ahead. I like this stuff a lot more than, than you do. Like the, True. like the, like the sci-fi version of that stuff. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. I, I'm way more interested in that stuff than you are. And I actually uh, prefer the more soap opera elements to it, like his mom being an alcoholic, him fucking these hoes. Mm -hmm. I'm far, I'm vastly more interested in that than like the uh, space shit. But space is where all of the big plot points pop off of. Yep, in the entire book, anything that big happens. It, 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 his catalyst is in space, for sure. Um, yeah, so don't get me wrong, though. I mean, the story, the storytelling in this series, I mean, I think I've mentioned this in every episode, is some of the best storytelling that I've ever, on anything, comic book, anything. I just love the story that's in, that's in here. And it gets more interesting when he, when he goes to the planet um, and actually finds his dad again. And you kind of tell that he's kind of changes his mind a little bit about everything that they've been through so far. That ant so pussy will change your mind, bro. Sure, show, show enough. <laughs> show enough some tentacle porn going on. He was, he was out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, it looks like he finds out that, he, that, that his father is doing better and will save the other Bickerville for a second. And then some of the other Viltrumites come and attack him on planets. Do you remember why they attack him? Because at, at this point, as far as we know, he still is is on good standing with the other Viltrumites. So the Viltrumites know that he should be on Earth. Oh. And they know that he abandoned it. So they are after him. Um and one of the guys even says, like, you're you're you were my hero. I didn't think it was gonna come to this, and then they they actually had to come there to um, they found out he was hiding out there, controlling that planet, and um, um, they're on their way to take him back. Mm. Did he say, Anakin, you are the chosen one! 
<laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I don't think it came to that. <laughs> Alright. So that's the, um, so that's when the Vulture Mites came. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah. Coincidentally. I'm trying to figure out, I when, remember. Uh, coincidentally, when Invincible, Invincible gets there randomly, the Vulture Mites also get there randomly. Because comics. Uh, I mean, plot's gotta move, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't remember what brought him to that planet, though. I'm trying to remember what. I don't think it was Cecil. From what I can see, it doesn't look like Cecil was involved at all. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember what got him in there. Because he was talking to, um, Dog Man, Animal Dog Man. Like, what? Whatever the fuck his name is. That's what it was. There was like a like one of one of the creatures from that planet came down to get him because their lead, he said their leader was asking for him. They need help. Um, there we go. As Dogman because yeah yeah he was dressed as Dogman because he thought that uh, that would be the easiest way to talk to Mark, which Mark actually invincible freaks out about and starts fighting him immediately, beats the shit out of him, <laughs> and. Then, and then realizes that it's not that person, and that that's that's when they bring him in, and then he finds out the leader's actually his dad. There we go. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, so yeah, I remember now. Yep. So Mark and his father fight off the other, a uh, and probably at this point, the bloodiest fight scene yet, and, and it goes on for pages. That's so much red ink for all the fucking blood. Um, it, it's fucking amazing. Yes. And then we get a backstory on how Nolan came to this planet and how he decided to change his life around and shit because of the ant pussy. Um, but then we have, at to, up until this point, I would say the biggest reveal of the series so far since, since fucking Nolan, like, said that, hey, I'm an alien and fuck you and your mama. Uh, the, the fact that Nolan has another son who is half ant, half, uh, Beltramite. Yeah, that was um actually really ends up I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm like how are they going to fit this in? Um but that as the story goes on, it actually becomes I actually like that character a lot. Uh his son. Uh it's just again the the sci-fi aspect to it, the the different species and everything and right. then you have two species breeding with each other. It's actually a super interesting plot point, for sure. Yeah, because the Veltramites are, uh, their bloodline and their genealogy, that gene word, their genes can breed with every species in the entire universe, but to different uh, results. And, uh, so thus far, up until this point, they messed the best with human beings, but now we're seeing, and, and especially like where you are probably, it's like you're in volume five now, right? Yes. Um, you're probably seeing that, uh, his, that, uh, Nolan's second child also is very powerful. So maybe, um, him fucking an ant, it might be a better match than him fucking a, um, human bitch. Yeah, cause the, um, the plot point in there is that those ant creatures, whatever they are, they look like ants, yeah. but whatever they're called, um, they actually, they have a lifespan of like nine months or something. Yes. Something like that. So everything they do is extremely accelerated. 
So like he grows very quickly, and then like his mom, I think she dies, doesn't she? Yes. Yes. Which is why, um, and this also happens in volume three, if if, if I'm wrong, correct me. But um, Nolan has to keep doing his thing, and he can't come back to Earth. But uh, Mark's younger brother's mother dies, so Mark takes her him back home in volume three, right? Yes. Yes. Um, well, actually, Nolan, uh, I think it's taken by the Vultramites. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he gets does. put in prison. Yeah, he gets put in prison by them. Because Mark, Mark is still, I mean, this is only, you know, volume three of all of this. So he's still pretty, he's strong. One of the strongest on the planet, Earth. But outside of that, he's still not that experienced yet, so he's pretty weak, so when the Fulgermites come, they kind of kick the shit out of him. He can't really outrun yeah. them, he can't really do anything against them. And, um, we see those beautiful stashes that they all have on, that are that is also part of our title card, us with Fulgermite stashes. Absolutely glorious. <laughs> um, Every issue with the mustache is amazing. Yeah, and uh, since you're on volume three, do they ever explain like the uh, mustaches, or is it like I think to where it's just there, and they never even talk about it? I, so far, I don't think anything's happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything about the mustaches so far. They're just there. Is <laughs> everybody super cool with it? That is that is brilliant writing. We're gonna have this trope in there. It's so obvious and so uh, it's so fucking blatant and it stands out. But let's not even bring it up. Let's What's that? No, no, I'm saying like that's how they did like the mustache. Let's just fucking no sell it. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah, I know. <laughs> Never mention it. Just let it happen. And I'm looking at uh, a page right here where a Nolan head busts this dude and his eyeball pops out. And I forgot about that. That was <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> then the black one, he stumps and basically crushes the. Uh, Nolan's spine, but his intestines are coming out, and he holds them in like you hold like hold up some sagging pants. <laughs> <laughs> some of the best drawings I've seen. Yes, incredible. Ryan Otley has to have a command of the of human anatomy inside and outside. <laughs> the way he can fucking draw these fight scenes. <laughs> It's incredible. The only thing, in my opinion, ever that has that have has had fight scenes that are on par with this. Well, two things. The first one is, uh, if you've ever watched it, because you're somewhat uh, of a manga anime fan, the manga slash anime Fist of the North Star. Have you ever seen that? I've seen. Man, it was a long time ago. I think it was like the movie. Yep. I just kind of like stumbled on it. I didn't really know what I was watching, but I remember watching it and thinking, I know exactly what you're talking about. They do some <laughs> absolutely disgusting, <laughs> amazing animation on that. It's it's incredible. Kiss your be like, ah, <laughs> he'll poke you 15 times with <laughs> all your pressure points, and then your body just like, blows up with two like big. Yeah, it's like a big fat blob guy. He hit him like thirteen times, and then he just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> that and there's another anime slash manga called uh, Berserk, also super violent. So those, the, that Berserk. Yeah, there's also a movie called Ninja Scroll, 
Yes, yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's just pure, like, blood. I mean, it's pretty disgusting and actually, like, sexually disturbing. <laughs> but there's some, like, every time you cut somebody, it's like a fountain of blood. Oh, yeah. comes spewing <laughs> out. <laughs> but, again, that is showing, like, Robert Kirkman, he is mixing genres in his superhero book. Because the fight scenes in this are definitely manga, anime influenced. But nothing in America is that violent and that graphic violence. And no. And one of my mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that he does is <laughs> they do all this shit and then there's like a sex scene and he he blacks it out and goes, This is a family comic. <laughs> I'm like, what? In what world is this a family comic? Yeah, it, it it's fucking amazing. And then also one last note on the violence. The art style is super clean and almost animated style, almost manga even. It's a very clean, bright book, and it's juxtaposed with the extreme violence, which I've always thought would be very engaging. Because uh, the art style in this book is very attractive to like a reader. Like, if you're just going down like an aisle uh, at a comic book store, and so like one, it's all like the cover of Invincible. You would probably um want to uh stop and uh, read the book and pick it up. Uh, let's see. Alright, so we are back from some uh, major, minor, technical difficulties. <laughs> and uh, so we're back at it, and Garrett, I think the last thing that we spoke about before Skype fucking exploded, because people out there in the audience understand uh, that during this pandemic and quarantine and lockdown, there's a lot of people on the internet at the same time, so there's going to be some technical difficulties in probably every one of these Skype recordings, Um, so please forgive us for that. <laughs> Took me like three days to download a PlayStation game. So. Really? Seriously? You know, it took. It really did take a really long time to download. I think they're capping a bunch of stuff up there. I think that might be a problem too. And then, uh, um, I haven't paid my charter bill in two months, so that could be. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could also be so up. Dude, uh, the crazy shit is right. So when I went to finally pay my bills after I got my Trump check, and at this point I got my uh, tax return. Well, one of my tax returns too. So like, I'm balling right now. Um, Swimming in cash right now. <laughs> So when I went to go basically be caught up on my bills, because I technically had the money to pay my bills, but I, I was waiting till these checks came in just so I, I know how much of, uh, of a cushion I had, essentially. Um, right. And I was surprised to find that my car note for my car loan, they're giving me a deferred payment until July. Till July? Till July, okay. yeah. They're, they're looking out. I was astonished and I was humbled and I was, uh, <laughs> I was very grateful, but I still paid it though because. Yeah. My, I was going to say, until July hits and you got four car payments, you got to pay. Yeah, it's either that, but I think if it's deferred of what they do, but you never know what fucking. Oh, they're just going to add like three months to the loan exactly. or something? Exactly. And I'm ready for a new car. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah. And so I was going to say, okay, I won't pay it until then, but yeah, but. I don't have to pay for my car for an extra three months because my fucking uh 
my uh, payment schedule was already long as fuck because I told him exactly how much I could pay at that time per month. And I traded my old car in, but I probably got a thousand bucks for it. I'm like, look, I got this car. They got you. They got you. Not really. They did what I wanted them to do because I said, look, I got this car trade in. I don't have anything else to put down on this bitch. And um, here's exactly to the cent how much I can pay per month. What can you do? Like, like well, um, what do you got? He's like, well, we can do it, but your payment, I mean, like your, uh, it's not a lease, but like your term, I guess, is going to be really, really long. I'm like, that's fine. This is how much I can pay per, per month. So, yeah, so. We got we got an 89-month lease on this Chevy Cruze. <laughs> you ready to go? <laughs> It pretty much was. Uh, let me see. I got it in it's thirteen. Like <laughs> I got it thirteen, bro, and like now it's uh, it's done in January of, of twenty one. So it's thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. It was eight. Damn. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey. But hey, it's a, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Is what I asked for. I'd have any money put down on it, and then I trade the car in. And it's exact how much I could afford my budget, and and, and then like my. I mean, because my credit was so A1, uh, my interest was only like 1% anyway. So like, Oh, damn. It's not like I pay like a lot more That's for ridiculous. It. Yeah. Maybe no, two. Yeah. Maybe two, but still, like when I know people are Either paying way, like good. 10% interest and shit. Like that's when you're like, you're really getting fucked. Yeah, that's when like you're stupid, like 18 year old kids. Right. Who don't have like co-signers and shit and they're, they're paying like 25% interest. It's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Eight years of 25% interest. Eight, eight, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I mean, you could have bought six of these. Like, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Best I, I can... I'm not getting fucked that bad because again, it's, it's, it's exactly what I asked for. And because, uh, and because I fucked my front, uh, I fucked my front end this past winter, I'm definitely looking forward to getting rid of this car in fucking January. So yeah, I don't want to put any more time on it. So I paid it. You're but not gonna, you're not gonna roll with it while it's paid off. No, not you're at just, all. <laughs> you're just gonna jump right into another one. Huh? I mean, ma- mainly because oh, and people in the audience like we'll talk about the book in a second. Uh, <laughs> mainly because um, I've had it for like eight years at this point, and then it's just now getting knock on wood, just now getting getting to the point where everything's fucking up on. It. So if I keep it for any longer, yeah. it's gonna be a fucking money trap. Yeah, that's true. And um, all cars are man. Yeah, and I've just <clears throat> excuse me, I've decided that from now on, I pro I probably just I probably just lease because like I I don't travel a lot anyway. The the only time I travel is like when I date women who live two hours away from me, so I don't have to see them besides the once a month. So <laughs> if I just stop doing that and date locally, I'm fine. You, you, man, you just like, you, you have plans for fucking everything. Just like, everything is planned out. I'm Batman. <laughs> this dude just knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but, to my chagrin though, I, I found that my credit card companies give no fucks about what's going on in the fucking world. Nah. They charge me late fees nah. already. <laughs> like, you're not even late. They just charge. Like, we know this motherfucker gonna be late. We could hit him right now, dude. Like one was like a day late, and they charged like a forty dollar late fee. I'm like, God damn! Like, how the fuck is my car, my car note being so fucking uh, gracious? Great, I can't. I, I don't know why I even try to say that word. I know I can say it. Being so cool, gracious. Th- yes, thank you. Are you saying gracious? Gracious. <laughs> you're so close. <laughs> 
Gracias. <laughs> it being so gracias, and then like my fucking <laughs> credit card companies being assholes. Like who the fuck is charging a late fee during a pandemic? Bro, I didn't know they. I thought they had. I thought they had something where they couldn't do that during the pandemic. I did too. Apparently, what are you not. gonna do? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> you ain't gonna do shit. Like, not a <laughs> goddamn thing. <laughs> But yeah, man. Uh, Anyways, Invincible. Yes. So <laughs> we did read this, just so everybody yeah. knows. We did read this. Um. So where we left off, we were talking about basically the violence in the book, which we've um discussed before. So um, let's get into Mark, his mother, his new half brother, and and his new half brother Oliver. Because I think that we were talking off mic about this, and uh, you found it strange that um, his mother would basically take over raising a child that her ex-husband, who dogged her out, had with another woman. When I said, "Yeah, I've seen this time and time and time and time and time and time again," that women who uh, will stay with a man who not only cheated on them, but cheated on them without a condom, exposing them to STDs. As well as, not only did he cheat on the wife without a condom, but he also nutted in the woman. And not only did he cheat on her without a condom and nut in her, but he also didn't ask her, like, to push the nut out in the toilet. And not only did he do those four <laughs> things, but he also allowed her to uh, become inseminated by said nut and uh, grow a child for nine months without the possibility of whether or not people in the audience believe this or not, any type of abortion or adoption, and then brought the baby back home to the wife or the girlfriend. And the girlfriend would take the kid in and raise it as her own with a very snide look on her face all the time and a, and a, and a, and a silent disdain for said child. I've seen this time and time. This is so, this is so specific. So specific. <laughs> I, I wanted to be clear that Evan has not done this. <laughs> uh, that I know of. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, this maybe you Evan, know of. I don't know. This you know of. Um, I, I must live a sheltered life because <laughs> I have never once seen that happen in my life. So when that happened, I think I texted you right away. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Ain't nobody going to do this. And you're like, no, literally like 90% of people do this. <laughs> Bro, uh, ha have you ever heard the Mary J. Blythe song? She said it's your child. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> no. Mary J. Blythe has an entire song about this this exact same scenario. And, and the hook basically goes, she said it's your child. People, please excuse my singing. And it really fucked me up. How can you deny your own flesh and blood? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, yep, I haven't heard. I mean, I felt like she was here. <laughs> but no, I, I never, never heard that one. I will Must send you that song. That classic bro. hit. Yeah, uh, no, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm the gist of it. <laughs> Mary J. is the uh, the purveyor of what they call auntie music. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on that. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I I wasn't surprised at all that that happened, and I think that maybe in some communities this is uh, kind of. Uh, it's something that they don't talk about. I know that, like, uh, in the 50s and 60s, when shit like this happened, the wife would just, basically, the husband and his wife would take that child from the other side, bitch, right? And they would act like, 
it's the wife's child. And, and like, say, like that type okay. of shit happens all the time, especially back in the day, because uh, Jack Nicholson thought his, his sister, well, his mom was his sister until he was like 40. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, and like, so that shit happened all the time. But back then, that's what happened. But these days, they're out about it. But yeah, um, due to the fact that Oliver... Real Game Mus- of Thrones. Real Game of Thrones. Yeah, spin. yeah man. So due to the fact that Oliver's uh, mother died and Nolan was captured by the Viltrumites, um, Mark brings his newly found baby brother home, tells his mother about it, and she does uh, a very admirable thing and basically takes the kid in as her own. Which, in in the end, I, I mean, I guess I can see it from her and she's like, obviously she's super fucked up. She's still super fucked up. Yeah. I believe in in this third volume, she's still like drinking, and if I remember correctly, I think she's still drinking, kind of like just sleeping all day, not doing shit. Mm-hmm. So she's super, still super fucked up, and obviously still is in love with Nolan. Yeah, yes. Nolan. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nope. That's Omni Man's real name, right? Is Nolan. Yeah. So yes. Nolan, and um, so I think it, it does make sense, and it does make like she's trying to just find some connection to him still. So I guess in that. In that aspect, I I do understand it, but fuck that. <laughs> I mean, because also it, some people have that sense of that uh that nurturing maternal sense, and like her having some something that needs her to live is probably something that kind of will serve to reinvigorate her. Although the the uh, scenario, like you said, is fucked up. It's shit that I couldn't do. Um, but yeah, but I she, mean, she is good. She she is proving that she's a good mom. Yes. She's probably yeah, honestly that remarks. Yeah. She's probably honestly the best the most altruistic character in the entire book. I don't think she's ever done anything that was fucked up in the entire hundred and forty something issues. That I can recall at least. So far not so far. Yeah, I haven't seen anything so far. She's probably the only one because everyone else in the book has has feet of clay. Well maybe Adam Eve is pretty Upstanding too, but did she used to kill she's people? She's pretty good. I didn't see kill people no, for government or some shit. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're probably right. Oh, I, she hasn't killed anybody so far. Also, programming note. Well, not really programming note. Um, but I was going through some comic books so I can find some to have a comic book artist who came on the show as this comes out a few weeks ago signed for me. Uh. And I found the issue of Marvel Team-Up that happens in the middle of Volume 2, I believe. So next time I see you when this pandemic is over, I will give you that issue so so you can read it to be somewhat of a completist. Okay. That sounds good. To that point... I've been I, trying to find... Uh-huh. Um, quick shout-out to your YouTube videos. You 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 were showing, like, uh, uh that statue of Robin mm-hmm. that you had. I, I don't... I, I think that video will be out by the time. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> but I've been trying to find invincible shit out there, and it, there's not much, man. A couple of t-shirts. I, I, this is probably, yep. Those action figures I showed you? one of the most, yeah, for sure. They're probably the most underrated comic I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this didn't blow up like it, like it should have. It did blow up, but I, it was outshadowed by The Walking Dead. And um, mm. and if you think about it, man, um, well, yep, I'll go ahead. 
I would say, I would say at the time when, you know, like Walking Dead came out, I don't think we were so, we weren't like bombarded with zombie shit like we are. You know, there was like that five, six year period when it was like every fucking show was zombies. Yep. Cause that took the place that, of but, vampires. So, yep, exactly. So, I mean, I guess at the time Walking Dead probably took off because it was new. Not new. I mean, zombies obviously isn't new, but it wasn't. As mainstream, I guess, I would say, until yeah. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, I don't remember seeing much shit until Walking Dead came out. Nah, that's pretty much facts, the man. the occasional zombie movie, but... Yeah, like with your boy, Brendan Fraser. Uh, yeah, so the the book has always been pretty... Um, yeah, so like the book was always popular, but um, for whatever reason... For whatever reason, uh, it didn't uh, have like a lot of merch. But if you think about it in comparison with other independent comic books, not many of those independent comic books last that long. So it definitely was a popular book to be able to sustain itself and um, complete the story. Because there's so many other independent comic books being like not Marvel or DC, but even Marvel and DC. I can't think of very many Marvel and DC books lately in the last 20 years that have lasted as long as, as that book did. Do you think, um, you know, but it, yeah, but even with that, like with the success of Walking Dead, you think that maybe somebody would pick up other, because Kirkman, Robert Kirkman's like a, I don't want to say a household name, but you know, he's definitely a name most people would recognize now. Anybody who is a pop culture fan, yeah. So, um, and this book, I mean, the Walking Dead did allow him to basically do a lot of other uh, things and get other comic books published and get his own line of comic books and these, I mean, and, and image. So it, it did do its thing, but yeah. Um, oh, he's got his own line now. Yep. Uh, and in in the in later volumes, it has it on the cover. But uh, his line of books called are called Skybound, and Skybound makes um like board games and shit now too like they're pretty popular because in my job we, oh, sell, we sell a lot of his products uh have you heard of that card game boss fight or some shit like that uh yes i've never played it but i have heard of it i think that i think that's his shit and then like he has like uh the show called outcast on cinemax i believe uh there now i think i did hear about that and I think it has a couple seasons in, and it's still, I think it's still going on as we record this, even though it, um, it doesn't get a lot of press, it seems like. And then, like, he, uh, he was gonna have this show called Thief of Thieves, which is actually a pretty good book, and I have the first volume, volume of that. So I might have you read that once, uh, this is over. But, yeah, um, so what, so it, is that all you found, though? Like, the, uh, t-shirts and the two uh, figures pretty much it man there is not a ton out there uh they yeah they had that that one that was just like a regular pose of him the one where he's super bloody and then like some you know t-shirts and stuff like that but that's about it hmm. um getting back to what i was saying earlier about getting all this have to go up right now uh i might buy those figures because again you're gonna do it I, i'm thinking about it maybe not both 
But probably like the bloody one. I'd get the bloody one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That about sums up Invincible for sure. <laughs> exactly. Dude's always fucked up. Always. Um. So uh, overall, now that we kind of remember what happened in Volume Three, what were your thoughts on it? Um, the Volume Three, I, we I'm pretty sure we mentioned this. Sorry, we the Skype call ended, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned that my favorite parts in the story is when we go to like space and different races and shit like that. So, to me, this is one of my favorite ones uh, so far. Um, I like, I, I like all the issues when Omni-Man's in it. I think Omni-Man's an awesome character, even though he's kind of fucked up, but I still think he's a super cool character to have in there. Mm-hmm. So, but dude, every, every fucking issue is a banger. Every single yeah. one. Like, I don't know, I like, I honestly don't even know how to rate it, cause like every time I read an issue, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I can see how, there's definitely a huge advantage uh, in the fact that I'm reading them like back to back to back like right. this because and now I wonder if that was part of the issue is that he's got so many subplots and so many different things going on that if you're only reading it one issue at a time I, it would be impossible to keep up that's actually a really good point and then also to that point um this book was rarely monthly either. It was probably at the best a six week on a, on a six week uh, schedule. Really? So in my head, that's definitely that's got to be what would keep it back so much because reading it back to back, like I am, this story is incredible. But if you only read it one issue at a time every six weeks, there's no fucking way. There's yeah. no way you could keep up with that. That's that's actually a very. Because you never point. know what's going on. Yeah, and then I, I, I read probably two volumes a year because I only read this book in the um, in the uh, format of the Ultimate Collections, and I would probably buy two a year. So I would read maybe twenty issues a year of, of this whole book, and then I got the, the gist of it, but there were times where I was like, "Who the fuck is this character?" and where 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 were they last time that I saw them? A hundred percent. That that makes uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that makes so much sense because like there's there's characters that like I mean it's like thirty issues later and they show up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell's going on here? You know, you're like, like even in the at the bottom of the corner, be like, read issue three of Invincible. I'm like, motherfucker, that was <laughs> that was thirty issues ago. Like, so I, I can see how that would be a huge issue with that. That does make a lot of sense now that I think about it. That probably did put. No, no, when you're reading it and all those sub stories come together, it's incredible. But I can definitely see that being an issue when you're just doing issue by issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I'm going through the book right now, and um, this volume three is where he has the big Armstrong uh, uh Levy arc. And, and then in that issue, it, so, it showed Mark going to like the fucking Walking Dead universe, I believe, and it, it introduces the concept of having infinite marks. And yep, that concept actually stays until the, it comes and goes until the very end of the book, man. Like, you know, like there's a prominent storyline in the end of the book in the third act where this comes up again. So yes, yeah, so this is a concept that comes- they they actually introduce uh uh-huh. they introduce Spider Man in that too. You don't really see it's like a very Pretty subtle one, but 
they show that he went to like Spider-Man's universe and you see like spider webs coming out of it and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. They do a lot of hidden stuff like that. Yeah. Now, earlier you said that you prefer the spaceship and I would say that this book is a, volume three is a perfect example of why I prefer the earthbound shit and stuff. Like there's a lot happening there. Like the soap opera aspect of him, uh, I think her name is Amber. Right? That's the blonde. It's his girlfriend right now. Yeah. Yep. Her, him, Amber, and Eve. And then, like, the, the shit with his mom. The, uh, um, but the shit with Oliver. And Ultron Levy, at this point, is his most sadistic villain. Because he, he does some fucked up shit. He finds out who Invincible is. Goes to his house. Kidnaps his mom and his, and his little brother. Sends him to every fucking dimension possible. Just to fuck him up. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty. His is a pretty dark story for sure. Does that conclude in this? Um, that that part of it, yeah, but like everything else in this book, because like like I said before too, this book is kind of like, kind of like the wire of comic books. Everybody who has a speaking role or is in the panel has a big storyline at some point. So um, Armstrong Levy, he also pops up in the third act, although I think he's gone for a little while from volume three. Uh, and then he comes back again, and then, like, he's gone for a really long time, and comes back again. Um, where you are, has he shown up again yet? He's shown up again. So, so in Volume 3, this is the first time, this is where it, it gets really interesting with Invincible. This is the first time he kills somebody, mm. if I remember correctly. So this is the first time he actually got, like, so the Vulture Mites have, like, this anger issues obviously they're a superior race that like is dominating and trying to control the entire universe so you have to have some sort of anger issue with that right because they just do it by killing everybody so this is the first time we get kind of like a taste of that where he got so angry that he couldn't control it and actually ends up um killing angstrom i believe that's what happens at the end of this volume if i remember correctly yeah yeah and then What's ironic about that, because that's not the last time the Mark's going to kill, but he doesn't really kill Armstrong, because I think he also has... Well, he kills that Armstrong Levy, but Armstrong has a, like an infinite amount of him as well. Yeah, well, it's something like that, but in Mark's head, it was the first time he killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And it fucks right, because, like, I mean, he thinks he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, it definitely fucks with them, and that's a continuing story. But that that that's a super interesting one to me, because you know, superheroes you never see that shit when they kill people or anything like that, even accidental. I mean, I guess you do, but not in like a main. I'm trying to think of somebody. You really don't like even like Superman. All the movies out there, they don't really kill people. Yeah. Um. Besides, in that. Flames that storyline in Justice World, like he fucking punches a hole through the Joker. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so it definitely changes his character up, and look, this is kind of this volume kind of shows him becoming a man because he, he's going through some real shit now, and it's not just him being a fun teenage superhero anymore. Uh, he has real shit going on in his personal life. He has real shit going on in the superhero world. And he's trying to balance everything, too. Um, but I, I will still contend that 
I like all of the interpersonal shit that's going on with him in the actual real world versus like the space shit. Um, did Alan the alien have a um issue of, of him just having all captions for twenty two pages? I believe that was in this volume. Cause, Cause that happens quite often too. Yeah, but I love Alan the alien. You're not a bit as big a fan, nah, as I am. My, but I love that character. Honestly, man, um, besides the Veltramites, the only alien that I really like is, is Battle Beast. Well, Battle Beast, well, that doesn't fucking count. He's incredible to everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> that character's amazing. Yeah. Because also in volume three here, they, they, they introduce that other, the space character, like, arrives to, uh, bikes, like, he's kind of like a Ghost Rider meets, Silver oh, Surfer character. Shit. What is his name? Some stupid. Damn it! What is his name? Some very basic. Some very basic. Basic. Can't say basic right now. Some very basic. It's not like Tech Jacket or something like that, is it? Tech Jacket is a character. Oh, that's not who I'm talking about. The guy I'm talking, but, but but Tech Jacket is cool. Um, the guy I'm talking about is a guy who has like a space a space suit on, and he has like an alien green face that has like the. Uh, and like he rides like a motorcycle. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Damn it, I can't think of his name. I think I just found him like in this the current volume I'm reading. He became like a real character. Yeah, like, something racer, speed racer, space racer. Yeah, something some bold. Very, like, very on the nose. Space racer. I think it is actually. That's a very on the nose name. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Kerfman he has that trope as well. Because his character is very on the nose name. Alan the alien? Yeah. <laughs> I'm an alien, and my name's Alan. I guess I'll be Alan the alien. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll do that. You know, um, I do love all the space stuff. You know I love that. But the multi-dimension shit, mm-hmm. it's borderline, and I've said this on different podcasts that we've been on, I fucking hate time travel and shit. And that's borderline time travel, it is. and I don't like it. Yeah, because um, I think they said... That uh, while he was fighting Armstrong, a levy, it, he he was kind of gone for longer than what it was on, quote unquote, our planet, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nine months. Yes. He was there, but there he's only gone for like a week on that. I don't know. Uh, I I do not like when that feels like such a cop out. Sometimes you can use it as such a cop out. Well, uh, for anything. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, although the third act of this storyline, which is going to be in the compendium edition that you'll probably be getting pretty soon, like, gotta be close to being done. But, um, he, uh, Kirkman uses that trope to the worst possible way, and it kind of upset me, uh, towards the end of the book. That's what I mean. It's always bad. It's never good. Yeah. It's probably my least, although volume three, I mean, act three of this long story arc is my, by far my favorite that I, I read through the quickest. Cause this is probably, I think it was 50 issues. I read it like three days cause it was so fucking good. But there's a, there's an arc in there and a plot point that are the only parts of this entire saga that I hate it. I mean, I absolutely hated this, this part. It's probably, it's probably only four issues and it changes the entire series after that fact. And I kind of, I kind of see why he did it, especially because he's trying to end things. But it was such a cop out to me, and it was a most, and it's the only story arc that I skimmed over. I, I didn't even read the actual book. Really, it was that bad. Yeah, 
And based on what you that's just said, I know that you're going to feel that way about it. It, it always is, man. That trash-ass endgame. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was kind of awesome endgame shit. Bro, I can't say It was that. definitely, like, yeah, it was that trope. Because that is a trope where people go rehash that happened before. So that's exactly what happens towards the end of this book. But, all it is is like, I remember all the bad stuff that happened. Yeah, we fixed it. Yeah. That's bullshit. But, like, I, can't, I hate that. But in this time, though, he doesn't fix it. And afterwards, afterwards it, it does give us some pretty good storytelling. The aftermath of this part of the book. But the path to getting there, I thought, was cheap. And it was the only storyline in the book that I didn't like. Um, all right, any more thoughts on Volume 3? I don't think so. Okay. Without it being in front of me, I'm pretty sure we named off everything. Yeah, I think so, too. Kind of the story so far. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're still uh, both giving it like a, a 10 out of 10 drunk Iron Man, right? Oh, absolutely. Um... How far are you are you right now? Five still? Volume seven. Oh damn. Shit like Yeah, I'm gone. Didn't we text like two days ago? Quarantine, bro. It's quarantine, <laughs> bro. I'm not doing shit. Shit, cause like I feel like we texted like two days ago, like last weekend, and and you were on five. There's a, there's a lot of downtime at work right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the back reading if you need me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm reading and eating some Waffle Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> they paying me. <laughs> um, how many volumes are there? 13? I have eight. Oh, damn, so like, you're almost done then. I'm almost done with what you gave me so far. Damn, yeah. okay, shit. Um, wow. Yeah, so, I thought you had like 13. But you're... I don't... No, you, you gave me eight. Okay, no... If I gave you eight, then that's it. Besides, like the uh, the compendium. So, I, so like, yeah. we'll probably have to like uh, schedule a drop off to work. Of course, people in the audience, I'll just go to uh, your house. I'll put it on your porch like a curbside pickup. And then you go pick the book. The book. The Qdoba delivery. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we're getting. Yep. Uh, because yeah, bro. Because if you're on seven, you'll be done by the end of, the end of this week, probably. Well, I don't work until Monday. <laughs> so you'll probably be done by the next two days. Yeah, next yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, so you've gotten really far then. Uh, how old is Oliver right now? He's a teenager. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, there's something else that I was going to... Oh, okay. So this is a pipe dream right now, but because uh, I'm doing pretty good with my solo interviews... Uh, I'm going to try to get, especially because a lot of people probably have a lot of downtime right now, too. I'm, I'm saying this right now. I'm going to attempt pretty soon to put in a query out to Robert Kirkman to see if he'll come on the show. Now, let's not get excited. I'm sure he's a busy man, but sometimes I'm surprised at people oh, who sure. I think are busy or, or too um, are too uh, popular at the moment to come on the show, and, and, and they still come on. So I'm going to put in a query out there. See if he'll come on the show because I know that, and I might try for Ryan Otley as well, but uh, I know that he's he he's drawing Spider Man now, so he might be like a little bit too busy. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, those are the plans. But uh, all right, 
So we are done with this episode, and we'll be back uh, next month with the next edition of, well, maybe even a little sooner. At the very latest next month in June for the next episode of the Invincible Battle Report. Alright, bro, so that's the episode there. Um, Do you think that you can record again next week? I don't see why not. Okay. I'm Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm off next week. Gotcha, okay. I don't have my schedule yet, uh, but, but like, might as well, like, because, especially because, like, cause starting with four, you've got the books in front of you still, right? Yes. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, because uh, I figure if we can knock these holes out then, bro, cause, like, uh, we've only got four more to do in the, before the compendium, and uh, for the compendium, uh, one second, because it's right here by me. Let's see how many issues this bitch is. Um, it's 97 to 144. So, the average volume is about 10 issues, so we'll probably try to break this up. Let's talk about every 10, 10 to 12 issues, probably. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, in volume 7, what costume does he have now? He, well, I'm not, I haven't opened Volume 7 yet. Okay. At the end of 6, he goes back to his old costume. Gotcha. So he was rocking the black and blue for a little while. Now he's back to his old costume. And I prefer... Which I prefer. The black and blue or the um, OG? The yellow. I like the yellow. I prefer the black and blue. I don't know why. Um... He, he looks too much like, uh, Night, uh, not Night. Nightwing, yeah. Yeah, yep. I like he kind of does. Uh, uh, that's a good point. Um, did anyone take over the mantle of Invincible yet? No. Okay, so Surfer Squirrel, but that's probably going to happen in 7 then. Well, 7 or, I'm sure it's coming out, yeah. 7 or 8. Okay, so it's coming up. Yep, coming up pretty soon here. But, alright, man. Oh, oh, shit. I forgot to record this one. Well, I have the audio. I forgot to record the Skype call for for uh, this whole thing today. So I probably, this one probably won't be going on the YouTube channel, but, but like, the next one probably will. Because we've, uh, the, the interview that I did on Friday night is coming out on the podcast on Saturday, but the YouTube video is going to be a three-part video that's coming out next Monday. Okay. And, and, and like, that one is pretty fucking good, because, uh, have you heard about Comicsgate at all? No. Have you heard about Gamergate? No. Okay. Essentially, uh, they're, like, bigots who don't want anyone, anyone besides straight white men to write, well, be in a comic industry or on the comic books, the same thing for video games. So, like, the dude that I interviewed, he, he joined Comicsgate, but he's probably the most progressive person that I know, well, he's, he's the exact opposite of what I think Comicgate person would be, and I don't think that he truly understands what they do and what they represent. So, like, he breaks down, like, why he joined. So, I, but this one, if people are on the look for comics gate shit who are pro or anti it, this one might be a little bit popular. Okay. Cause he's getting like fucking death threats and shit. 
People, people, no shit. Yeah, wow. People are fucking hacking this shit. Wow, holy shit. Yeah. But, alright, man. I'll let you go. I gotta talk to you. Alright, man. No fun, man. You take it easy, bro. Oh, 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 oh,